This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Can you translate the Bible into emoji? LOL. Some Christian leaders say no way, but we heart this idea. Here's why. This is Device and Virtue. Hey, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we talk about the wrongs and rights of faith and technology in everyday life. We're coming to you from the great state of Chicago. I'm Adam. And I'm Chris. Adam, we argue, not just talk. Oh, about we <laughs> argue. We do argue. And today we are talking <laughs> about what could be used for an argument, emoji. <laughs> I soften every argument with an emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Adam, I love this topic. We're going to talk about the emoji we lost over the last decade, the emoji we used, how we represent human emotion, how faith connects with emoji. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you know the last three emoji that you and I have used in our personal text (laughs) thread together? Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) I looked it up. You looked it up. Right now, you're getting ready to record. I like scrolled back on our text thread. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. The last three I saw scrolling backwards. Okay. One. And I feel like people can just diagnose our relationship based on these emoji. It's possible. Uh, One is upside down smiley face. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like the one. I was just thinking about that one today, actually. Two. Roll eyes. <laughs> that was you. Eyes. That was definitely you. <laughs> Three. Wait for it. Face palm. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like upside on smiley face, rolling eyes, and face palm yeah, feels about right for that, you. That me. does feel about right. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that this was, I think, two years ago? We went with friends to the drive-in, and we saw... The Emoji Movie. Wow, and we did it before socially distanced too. It was before uh, social distancing. But the drive-in, yeah. and we saw that was a terrible. It was a terrible. Was movie. It, what is it called? The emo- The Emoji Movie. I think it was just called the Emoji Movie. I was thinking about it. It was actually. It was a decent movie, but it was poorly executed, yeah, is how yeah, I feel yeah. about you it. You wanted it to be good, but it just wasn't. You did. You wanted it to yeah, be good. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe I'm just too hopeful about it. I think the, the most important question about that movie we were arguing, I think, was what's the plural of emoji? That is a real question, right? <laughs> is it emojis or is it emoji? I think, yes. And everyone's wrong that doesn't have my <laughs> opinion, which is that it's without the S. It's emoji. That's plural. Oh, it is? It's singular and plural. I grew up in Japan. Wait, wait, wait. I know these things, Adam. (laughs) Wait, you're saying emoji is both the singular and the plural? That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. I Because in Japanese, that sounds right. I think it could go both ways. But I hear you. If you want to be a purist about it, we we can try and say emoji every time we say emoji in this episode. It's going to be really hard, though. (laughs) Before we start, I don't know if folks remember, but you and I a long time ago talked about our favorite emoji. I was vaguely recalling that, yeah. Which I'm not going to say right now. I remember what yours was. When we push out this episode, we're going to post to Facebook. Jump into our Facebook page, and we are going to post our two favorite emoji. We'd appreciate a response back. Emoji only, please. Yes, only emojis in the comments, please. (laughs) Emoji. Plural. Oh, dang it. Okay. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Adam, do you know what the newest top emoji for coronavirus has been? <laughs> oh, 
I can guess. Tell me, though. Emojipedia did an analysis of 46,000 tweets in, in, oh, which wow. one, in which ones mentioned coronavirus, and they ranked them out, and the top one that goes with coronavirus when people mention it is the face mask emoji. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. That's where we live today. I, I, I did not know, I did not even know that emoji was there. Until, right, like right. I, but until I definitely started using it like two or three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, until it was really relevant. Right. I don't tweet enough emojis. I think I need to spend more time. I do it texting, but not tweeting so much. Right, right. I need to add more emoji in my tweeting life. Yeah, it's interesting. So every year they add some new emoji to our lives. Right. I can't Mysterious. say emoji. I can't do it. I got to say emojis. <laughs> okay, do it. So because of coronavirus, they haven't been able to meet this year. Apparently, they don't have Zoom, so they couldn't meet. They're like... The There's secret, like a clandestine organization that, that determines... The Super Obi-Wan Skywalker Jedi emoji board? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So they weren't able to meet this year, so there's going to be no new emoji in 2021, which is really sad. I mean, which emoji would you use to respond to that? <laughs> fact, <laughs> right. right? There are new emoji, though, coming out this year, which were approved last year. Two of the ones I like that are coming out, honestly, I think they might be coming out this month, is... Did you see this one? It's a smiley face, but it's crying. Oh, what? That's internal it's, conflict it's, happening. <laughs> no, it's good. It's like tears of joy. We didn't actually have this before. Oh, tears of joy. I you just, know, it's like a smile with a tear. Like, I just used the waterfall of tears for like tears of joy. Like, I'm so happy right now. My really? Eyes are just, I would, yeah. I would think you're sobbing. No, that's, it's like sobbing with joy. That's, I mean, obviously you can use it over the top too, but. And they, that's, that's the only way I roll, right? <laughs> I'm just consistently over the top. Not you. The, another one that they're releasing, which I really like, is the disguise. It's going to have like a fake nose and glasses and mustache on it, uh, which I think is sort of funny. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen that one. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're adding a ladder, too. So, like, you can finally <laughs> talk about climbing the corporate ladder at work and oh, stuff. Oh, gosh. I like how I was like, these are these people-based relational ones, and you're like, a ladder. Yeah, it's what I focus on. Objects instead of people. And turning people into objects, because that's what emoji is doing, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> but you're right. Emoji is from Japan. Yeah, yeah. And... What's crazy, as I was researching this episode, is that emojis go back over 20 years. They started with a company called SoftBank in 1997. They released... Ooh, the 90s. They released... In the 90s, they released 90 emojis on like their first text-based app or whatever they were doing. Is this like T9? Like your tight... Like yeah. Like pixelated yeah, right? sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they had like a, a keyboard of... We were not... 1997. No, no, no. I was not texting then. Well, in Japan, they were. Yeah. So then 2008, so 11 years later, Apple actually creates a set of emojis for the iPhone in Japan. And then... Oh, it, so they weren't even on the first iPhone. Interesting. The first iPhone was 2007. Right, so like... Right. You don't even think about that, but I guess the first iPhone, you didn't even have emoji. Yeah. We just think Weird. backwards. Weren't, weren't emojis always a part of our lives? Yeah, yeah. But they right. weren't. Right, right, right. But then they, they finally migrated over into the US, but by 2015, Apple made it a standard part of the operating system of the texting keyboard. 2015? Only 2015, five years only ago? Only five years ago. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, it feels like such a part of our lives. You could get, like, an emoji keyboard, I don't know, through an app or something, but, like, it became a default part of, like, everyone's iPhone had it. Okay, so they came from Japan. They got popular with iPhones. 
How do they, they work with Unicode, right? Yeah, like Unicode is the clandestine organization we were talking about earlier. <laughs> it's a standards organization. It's fine. Yeah, I guess like there's a million points of code that you can add information <laughs> into and then you call it up with the emoji and it like inserts it that's the best i understand it you're the technical guru here okay so, so well, unicode replaced ascii back in the day like the symbols that you saw on your keyboard were the only symbols that were allowed so it was like capital a lowercase a and then there's right. like exclamation point period this right 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 and they started realizing when we got into mobile phones and all this kind of stuff you needed a system that could talk to each other on the internet and you had to deal not with just american english but you had to deal with all these other letters right especially when you got into like korean chinese or japanese you needed oh, right. a way to communicate these characters and ascii like the old system could only hold i don't know if someone's going to correct me it was like 500 characters total right and when we had 26 letters of the alphabet we thought that's plenty yeah you know? it was it was a very western centric way yeah, yeah. of doing information and so they came up with unicode which was like okay we're going to sign everything a number let's say i used to be able to type on my keyboard when i'd program in pascal on basic like oh i know the number for A is something like 032, and then B was like 033, and C was like 034. Unicode uses a really, really long yeah. number. So it's the kind of thing, it has enough digits in it that A is assigned right. a one of one million identifiers. But that means there's a little slot for every symbol on your keyboard, but then for all these other languages, they also take up all the rest of the slots. And then emojis started filling in more slots. Right. And so they filled something like 200,000 slots now, but there's like a million slots available. So we're nowhere near... Yeah. Ever needing, right. ever running out of slots. But the slot matters because that number is what computers use, like a phone, an Android phone, can talk to an Apple phone, can talk to a different computer, all using that same number, and everyone knows what letter it is. And it works across all fonts, across all systems. That's what Unicode is. So emoji has a code assigned to it. And when you send your emoji, it translates it into that Unicode. It goes to the other receiver mm -hmm. and they retranslate it into whatever emoji design they have on no, their exactly. computer on their device. Exactly. LOL face transfers to a computer number and then transfers back to LOL face on your phone. But they can be slightly different on each phone. And like, that's one of the things we can talk about. But like, they look like a smiley face, but depending on what your phone looks like right. and, and maybe what brand right. it is, it's going to be an LOL face, but it has to have a graphic on each phone. And so that number is not exactly the image. It's representing the image. Right, right. And so the 90 characters, the 90 emoji that started with SoftBank in 1997 is now, I looked it up, as of March 2020, there were 3,304 unique emoji. And this includes sequences to identify gender, skin tone, flags, and other aspects. So it's all those variants and the basic set that we have. I think that's perfect because I have 3,034 emotions. Really? You know, some people think there's only seven basic emotions and everything else <laughs> is just a combination of those. I'm more complex. Let's see if we can dive into all 3,000 plus. So, Adam, why do we even use emoji when we text or when we tweet? Like, I don't know. Why do you use it? I, I didn't use emoji until, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, maybe a little bit more. But I felt like my texting just it was lacking a certain pizzazz <laughs> if you will no but honestly like I, I felt like i i was failing to communicate things that i think were important via text but i couldn't and i wasn't doing it well i really prefer i'm a words guy i'm not an image guy 
but like I found it just wasn't working to communicate all this stuff in words. My thumbs were tired. <laughs> and so I was just like, I needed a better way. And I felt like I needed to become emoji literate, honestly, to really start to communicate more than I was on texting. Sort of put some emotion in there. Right. I feel like we might be having a little bit of a repeat of the conversation you had with that girl that one time. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, why do you use emoji? Yeah. Because sometimes it's the fastest way to communicate a sense of like laughter or sadness or confusion or uncertainty. Or sometimes it's funnier. Like it's, it's, mm. it's the way to make mm-hmm. the punchline of a joke better. <laughs> sometimes it modifies a sentence. You type it out. It's sort of like you're saying you type something out and it looks a little cold and you put an emoji on the end of it to warm it up. Just mm. like yeah. you want to sort of Kinda show people like, it. oh, I can tell that this could be interpreted. In, in different ways and maybe one of the ways people could read this is a little bit like harsh but yeah but a smiley face i feel like i'm trying to indicate like i would do in person if i'm smiling when i'm saying this people won't, will realize i'm not mad what yeah. i'm saying yeah yeah i get that don't you think it even as it adds clarity of emotion don't you think it also has the potential to create confusion i mean yeah it adds clarity and creates confusion i like the clarity part and i actually have a point about this but before i say that on the confusion, some of the obvious emoji, like the LOL, <laughs> yeah. or a heart, or some of them maybe the most popular emoji mm-hmm. out there, I feel like have mostly a fairly universal, we all sort of get what's going on. Sure, sure. Or like for the most part. Sure. We might not totally understand the context, but that happens in all communication. Yeah. Some of the emoji, you're like, what? Like, what, <laughs> like what, is it, <laughs> what does this person mean? And some of them are just funny, but some of them you're like... I don't totally know what that person meant by that, right? And yeah. Like, you can yeah. guess. Yeah. But it's not easy to ask. So I think there could be ambiguity. Yeah. Even as it is softening something that you're saying, it can create a little bit of ambiguity or a sense of tension or a sense of conflict with what you're saying. Like, you said this really hard thing, but you added a smiley face to it. Are you being sarcastic? Right, right, Are you right. being insulting? <laughs> what <laughs> right, is it? Right, right. But I do think emoji came about because of texting. I think texting is such a context-scarce medium that you needed a way to communicate more than just words, more than short sentences were conveying. And so all of a sudden we have this emoji context really bringing that out. Yeah, it's a cold medium. It's a sort of like you have to fill in a lot with your mind to get there. And, right. And so the emoji sort of lets you do a second thing. Have I ever told you what one of my favorite communication authors who's actually a comic book artist I think you've mentioned him. What's his name? <laughs> his name's Scott McCloud. He wrote a book in, I kid you not, 1992 called Understanding Comics. It's a comic book about communication theory. So this was before emoji. <laughs> it was before emoji. This guy was well ahead of his time. Honestly, one of my best friends uh, from college gave it to me who loved comic books. I thought comic books were sort of dumb. Don't hate me. And he's like, you don't understand how much art and emotion yeah. and storytelling is going in and what you think is a kid's thing. Right. And he knew right. I liked theory and like communication theory especially <laughs> so he gave me a communication theory comic book and it really is this understanding comics book and i read it early on and have read it honestly every two years since and it informs a lot of the way i think about human communication so you're you're reading it sort of as a devotional text <laughs> in your life but okay it's, but it's called understanding comics yeah and by he scott mcleod totally and when you brought up this emoji thing this is the first thing i thought of because this guy points out that in comics if you think of your most basic comic adam like yeah. you think of like I don't know, a stick figure. Yeah. 
right? Right, right, right. And- Hangman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, more. I've, I've been really enjoying Strange Planet lately. Oh, I don't even know. Really? Oh, maybe I do. Yeah, they're yeah. like aliens on yeah, a strange yeah, planet, yeah. but they're it's doing human things. Always an Instagram share kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> right, and like just simple lines, and you'll have very simple faces. Like a curve is a smile, and right. a down curve is a frown. Right. Right. Scott says, like in his book, he starts drawing out different ways you can draw people. And he says, hey, there's a really highly realistic way to draw people. He's like, think of a photo. Like, right. think of a perfect photo right. that has all the detail. Like, if I take a photo of you right now, you're holding that mic, you're frowning at me, everything. <laughs> okay, I can capture everything. He's like, then when you draw things out, you could have someone draw you. And they're going to put in all the lines, your face and your hair and that kind of stuff. I almost think of, like, those street artists that you can go pay to. Yeah. Not the, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the caricature ones. But realistic. it's still really different than a photo, right? Because it might, it might be, like, not full color. It's going to have lines that represent certain things. Right, right. Say you move one notch down. And now you maybe do have that highly characteristic or sort of only certain things. Your glasses really stand out. Sure, sure. Or your ears really stand out. And then if you move all the way down, I could just represent you as a smiley face. I just draw a circle, right. draw some lines, and that's iconic. So if we have on one side representational, realistic, okay. the other side is iconic. So realistic okay. and iconic, right? And the representational, you can tell it's me. And the iconic, you can't tell it's me, but it could be anybody. Right. It could be anybody. And the interesting thing about emoji is they're sort of like really on the iconic side, right? Like not right. Co- not quite all the way over there because like if we had one smiley face, yeah. that might be it. But they have all these different expressions on their face. Right. They're right. not any one particular person. And they do communicate human emotion. And one thing McLeod points out is the more picture-like, the more realistic it is, mm-hmm. It represents less people. Like, obviously, if I get down to a photo of you, it's just you. But if I draw it, it could be, maybe we sketch a woman. It could be a, a number of women, but all women, of course, don't look the same at sure, all. You sure. know, maybe it looks like an Asian woman with medium-length hair and certain features. And we go, okay, that could sort of represent thousands of people, but not everybody. Not everybody. But if you go all the way over to the stick figure, there's a lot of ways where that could represent almost everybody in the world. Right. So right. the more iconic, the more people you represent. So it's kind of like on the iconic end, you have like the bathroom door image of just like a person or a person with a <laughs> right, dress. Right, right, right. And it represents that. And by the way, people should go check out our show notes because I'll post this icon up yeah, here so you right. can see what I'm talking about. But here's the two things I thought about. One was what I just said about how the icons can represent more people. Mm-hmm. And emoji have this sort of inclusiveness to them because mm-hmm. they represent people. Right. The second thing is that they tend to focus in on one thing. And a lot of times that one thing is emotion. So if I take a, just a photo of you, it's really complex. You could look like you're happy, but there's all these subtle emotional factors. Like, we spend a lot of time trying to read each other. (laughs) Emoji, like, just sort of have a simple message to them. And there's something special and interesting about communicating that simple message. Mm -hmm. I'm just sad. Mm -hmm. I'm just tired. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as I have gotten more emoji literate, it's actually been a really interesting experience because it's forced me to think more about both my feelings, what emotion am I experiencing, and what emoji conveys that, but also about the feelings of the other person that I'm texting, and to think about how is the other person going to interpret it. And so what actually is happening for me in my experience has been to become a little more maybe emotionally literate and aware of my own feelings, but also kind of a meeting of the minds to some degree as I think about how is this person going to interpret it? Or as they send it to me, what was in their mind as they were choosing that emoji? And so I find in texting that emoji actually challenges us to connect a little bit more Mm. so that I see not just the emoji, but the person behind it and what's 
going on in their thinking a little bit as well. So it's actually drawn me out to be a little bit more thoughtful about myself and about the other person and to actually have a deeper connection potentially. And I love that you're saying the meeting of the minds, even though actually I'm going to interpret you a little bit. And also you talk about the meeting of the hearts. Yeah. Because we talk about mind and we often think about words, but you're even talking about meaning and intention and the nonverbals. Right. Human communication. The right. emoji represents some of the nonverbals, which are necessary to be human. Right. And almost a part of the image of God, like the way we are embodied and communicate. I don't simply type out a message and hand it to you. But right. I sort of have all my presence in emotion with yeah. that message. And I love that those emoji are helping you see the whole human in somebody else. This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Nine Lives and County, a bounty hunter's journey to faith, hope, and redemption, written by Dwayne Dog the Bounty Hunter Chapman. Nine Lives and Counting not only offers a fresh perspective on well-known life events, but also ventures into behind-the-scenes territory and backstories never shared publicly. Nine Lives and Counting is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Visit thomasnelson.com slash audio to learn more. So how about that emoji Bible, Adam? <laughs> Check that guy out. Yeah. Emoji are so popular that someone decided that they needed to translate the Bible into emoji. <laughs> yes. So it started actually as a Twitter feed at emoji Bible on Twitter, and okay. they were translating various verses with words here and there replaced with emoji right. and asking people what they thought the verse was. And the problem right, right, right. was that people couldn't necessarily tell what the verse was oh, based right. on oh, the right. emoji. They weren't sure. They were so sure. here's this introduction <laughs> right. of ambiguity into the whole thing, which I think it exemplifies the challenges between words and images. It does. I thought this was a whole cool thing. It actually made a lot of waves. The Atlantic even wrote a review right. of it, right? So I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think New York Times covered it. I mean, everybody covered and it. And they said, hey, a lot of people will see this immediately as silly, stupid kid stuff. But, you know, Atlantic went up saying, wait, like language changes over time. Emoji, these symbols are becoming part of how we communicate. It makes some sense to have at least a first stab at this. Right. Um, I guess the Bible emoji one, they used a little quick algorithm that yeah. just sort of grabbed some words and translated them very quickly. Yeah. And so it's, it's sort of rough. Yeah. It took the word heart and gave it a heart. And it maybe took the word love and gave it a heart. And... The heart could mean a number of different things. So the ambiguity is there. I but the reality is words have the same ambiguity. If I said something like, I listen to the smart speaker through my smart speaker, you hear the same words, but they have two different meanings. Uh, right? Uh, oh, you're going exactly where I wanted to go. I'm yeah. just making your point for you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So sort of famously after the Emoji Bible came out, Al Mohler, president <laughs> yeah. of a Southern Seminary, yeah. pretty famous Southern Baptist leader, 
he had tweeted, he said, Dear Millennials, uh, please insist on using words, all caps, to <laughs> translate the Bible, not emoji, period, please, period, it's important, <laughs> and tagged Bible emoji. And I think that's fascinating because, one, he's referring to, of course, something that is important when you get into the doctrine of Scripture, the verbal yeah. Ironically, we use the word verbal there, but the verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture. Yeah. But it's essentially how precise in the Word of God does the word order and the word choice matter to be very specific mm. with the Word mm-hmm. of God. And actually, mm-hmm. Christians do have quite some disagreement on this because some Christians go, well, this changes from culture and these kind of things. And other Christians worry, well, if you start changing a lot of words, it might mess with the meaning yeah. of the Word of God. You're not yeah. taking the Word of God seriously, right? right. So that's the right. doctrine of Scripture that connects with that. But he's going, this matters. This word really matters. And there's no way you could translate this into emoji. And I thought, well... I don't know. We translate into other languages, and there's this idea of word for word or concept by concept in Bible translation. And the point you just made is so critical. Words, printed words especially, are abstractions from ideas. Yeah. (laughs) C-O-W might bring to mind a four-legged thing with spots on it, but that's an abstraction of a verbal language and then made into a set of symbols a curved thing to the left means a sound a circle means an l sound a w means a and we go cow and we we forget that these are pictures that are abstractions just like other pictures are abstractions that refer to the real world yeah yeah i'll refer people back to the guy i was just referring to earlier that understanding comics book you ever go to the museum and you see a lot of like really well painted yeah. Portraits yeah. that look like photos. The oil paintings of like some medieval, you know, religious art or like a, or a yeah. royal person. It looks like someone used an iPhone and took a picture of them. Then you get into impressionism later with Monet and you see people and yeah. scenes, but it's like more pastel and everything's there in the picture. It has an emotional quality But to it's it. way more emotional. It's not showing like the details of leaves. These are just sort of dots or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you get into more modern art, which has like shapes. Picasso starts this with cubism and you get sort of all these abstract things right and i think that the artist was trying to play with how much we attach our images to trying to represent what's there so earlier we talked about realistic versus iconic now i want to talk about representational versus abstract and the idea that we can represent things with lines that create other emotions or create other aspects of what we're seeing the thing is the written word when we turn from the middle ages to uh, theology that came up through the modern period a lot of theology gets so focused focused on the actual form of the word, was it past tense or presence and how, that you're actually studying something that's very abstracted from the actual concept, just like that crazy painting in the museum. They think those words are really connected to reality and emoji or have no connection to reality. But what if they both actually have a strong connection to reality? Okay, Chris, so you're saying like the way that words are reflecting truth and reality that potentially emojis could be used in a similar way to represent facets or aspects of reality as well, so that an emoji Bible isn't so far-fetched, and that <laughs> right, perhaps right. it could represent aspects of Scripture or stories in Scripture in a fairly faithful way. Yeah, both words and images connect to the meaning of uh, what human means, what God means, what we see in the world around us, both words and images. And both words and images have flexibility in what they point to, what they mean. Right. And And so to say that just images are really flexible and therefore bad 
isn't necessarily quite accurate. And don't we say that both in John that Jesus is the the Word of God, the Logos of God, which is also sort of the mind of God, but also that in Colossians that Paul says he's the image of the invisible God. Right, right. Yeah, so Jesus is both Word and image, and in so doing, these concepts have validity for us, and they actually speak to our own hearts in very real ways. One evolution of emojis that people might remember is actually the gun emoji. Back in 2016, you had the pistol emoji that was like this six-shooter, right? And it was a fairly, quote-unquote, realistic... You're saying right like I used this emoji or not. I don't totally remember it, but okay. I mean, I'm I'm sure if our list had included four of our emojis, (laughs) the fourth one would have been the gun, right? (laughs) Yeah, obvious. obvious. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the pistol emoji. Yeah. In 2016, Apple decided that they were going to change that emoji from a pistol, a six-shooter, to basically a toy water gun oh really yeah and so yeah it was like bright green or yeah right and so i remember that shift and being like oh that's an interesting pretty significant change but what i didn't realize was that they were the only ones who had changed it so the other providers like google still had a six shooter as their pistol emoji and so if i sent you from my apple to your happy birthday here's Android, a water gun yeah <laughs> let, let's have <laughs> a water gun fight right happy birthday you, you, i'm gonna kill you yeah you're gonna have a pistol <laughs> and that created a, a lot of communication challenges and so what yeah. actually ended up happening is there was like they convened like a summit to talk about guns no, they convened a summit to talk about emojis oh, representing right. guns. <laughs> right. Well, wasn't there a guy that like tweeted something that was like... Yeah, there was a guy. He's like, this is not Apple's business to censor reality. Fascinating. Reality. Because okay. that emoji of the six-shooter was reality, yeah. but this other emoji of the water gun is not reality. And obviously, so reality is wrong in either way, right? Because it's representation, but it obviously tapped into some political, at least mm-hmm. in the U.S., definitely yeah. some political definitely. ideology and questions like that. Isn't that fascinating that a corporation, though, can make a change in the language <laughs> that suddenly like changes us. Yeah. Suddenly we just lost a word. It's scale. like someone just deleted a word for us. Yeah. This is your theme. I don't even know why I'm saying it because <laughs> you love it. You hate it when corporations like, Oh, they're uh, destroying us. Technology wise. But I mean, I do think it's a pretty big deal if an Apple or a Google can go in and go boop. And all of a sudden the meaning set of a certain word, quote unquote, an emoji changes. Yeah. How these corporations allow us to represent the things we believe in, the things we talk about, Patty Johnson wrote this great article called Emoji We Lost, and in there she talks about how Apple took out the Taiwanese flag for people using the app in China. Yeah, right, right, right. Because China says Taiwan, of course, is just the state of China, and Taiwan always says it's an independent country. Right. And so Apple actually agreed with China to take out the Taiwanese flag so as to represent the Chinese state interest. Interesting. It's funny. You sort of think about who becomes authorities in language, right? And probably a long time ago, it's just families or tribes and then cities and countries. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's corporations. You know, tech corporations that sort of mediate a lot of our communications yeah. have some real ability. Now, yeah. I think that's overstating it because I think humans have always communicated what they want to communicate. And I'm sure 
uh, we'd, it'd be interesting to hear from um, any friends we have in Taiwan. I'm sure people have figured out other ways to communicate the same national spirit. Yeah. yeah. Like using a substitute. But it's amazing that they can put your thumb on that. Yeah. And it's always been negotiated among powers that be. And in this case now, corporations are a new part of that power dynamic. But it really does come down to all these questions around representation, right? One of the biggest ones that I think people have noticed this last year for new emoji was around gender. Oh, yeah. And gender right. and family representation. Yeah. And so Unicode and then Apple also started releasing new emoji for gender neutral looking people. And I mean, some of them were right. really stereotypical. There was a construction worker that looked like a man. But of course, a woman could be doing work there. So like, right. does it always have to be that? There's certain gender stereotypes we don't want to reinforce. But there's uh, other ones in there. Some of them you can choose, you know, how the hair looks and whether it looks more stereotypically male female or sort of even neutral and then on some of the family representation you can have two guys holding hands mm -hmm. or two women holding hands you know to represent gay relationships yeah or two dads or two moms with kids right not just a mom nursing a baby but a dad nursing a baby in these things and part of me goes well this is good this actually is a better representation of how people and families work it represents reality more inclusively but this is really sticky. I know a lot of our friends in churches could see some of this as, wow, this is just the culture representing gay relationships in a way that some churches... Well, they see these texting keyboards as bringing legitimacy to those relationships. Right. And now you have, it feels like a culture war item, a, mm -hmm. a clash between churches that have believed in a traditional ethic of sexuality versus the surrounding culture, which at this point doesn't agree with that. And it has its own view of what sexual ethics are. And some churches feel really under assault for right. that. And suddenly the keyboard on their phone has changed. Yeah, the keyboard has become this battleground where powers that be are negotiating for space on that keyboard to advocate for the reality that they want to see, the culture that they want to see. You know, Google tried to solve this. A few years ago, like back in 2015, by taking out some of the men and women and putting in a blob instead. <laughs> so the Android side, you know. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. Did you see this? You know the emoji that's the woman dancing? She's wearing a red dress and she's like, <laughs> you, you can almost picture like, yeah, I don't know, mariachi music. Mariachi music that's loud <laughs> and it's festive, you know, like her red dress is twirling. Some of them, she's had a rose. So Google, <laughs> back in 2015, they're like, okay, we're going to try to make things more gender neutral. So they took this blob, the blob... <laughs> is bright yellow like simpsons color yellow and it has a hand blobby hand over its head that looks like it's sort of dancing its feet are sort of sticking out they look like little blob feet and then it has a rose in its mouth that's what you could imagine <laughs> yeah. it just pirouetting so that was when you texted the woman dancing it actually if you were on an android phone it popped up as a dancing blob a little bit <laughs> like a cartoon blob and it's interesting because in some ways you'd think oh maybe that works but people didn't like it yeah and they got rid of it. They got rid of the blobs and went back to some of the more traditional men or women representations. Okay. So you're saying it went more towards a literal image versus sort of the more iconic The iconic, approach. yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting. We were saying before, if it's super iconic, just the smiley face, two dots and a smile. But there's no gender on that. And it represents everybody. 
if you move all the way down to the picture, it represents just you. Somewhere in between is is helpful, right? And something about the blob was a little bit too generic for people. It didn't have quite enough emotion. Yeah. And so they sort of reintroduced these sort of icons that feel a little bit more familiar. I was reading some of the responses of some LGBT groups on the new emoji coming out uh-huh. that represented gender identity. And they're like, oh, thankfully, we have something that represents who we are. Yeah. And I, I want to have, like, we all want to be sympathetic and compassionate about that. And at the same time, what I noticed was the power in these emojis is actually the ability for us not to just communicate who we are, but for the other person to understand or relate to that. Mm. It is sort of that meeting of the minds. The relatability does change when we represent something that is unique to me versus something that we share. So like if I share an emoji with just dark hair, as opposed to hair that sort of doesn't have a specific color. We both relate to it because we both have hair, I guess. Right, right. But I wonder if it backfires if we start creating emoji that are so like ourselves that we actually lose the relatability to other people. Yeah, it's that sense of you want it to represent you, but you also want it in some way to represent me so that it represents us. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, my neighborhood in Chicago, I like to walk through and there's a bunch of churches, big steeples. A lot of them are really beautiful, really old, like late 1800s. Old for us, right? Old for America. I know you're laughing because yeah, yeah. you're up, right? But there's this one that I love to walk by that has three spires and they're all old, that old bronze, or not bronze. What's, what when it turns that greenish color that's like copper. sort of beautiful? Copper, copper. Thank right? you. <laughs> like these copper sort of um, spires that have sort of oxidized. And they all have crosses at the top of the spires, beautiful sort of ornate crosses. They're not simple. They've got some decoration on there. And if you walk into this church... And I did because I realized my grandmother grew up blocks away, and I think she went to this church. Hmm. I didn't know. Cool. But she worked in the Chicago Loop and then would come back home. And then on Sundays, I think she would walk over to this church because it was Polish. It had a Polish. The, the, uh-huh. that's, that's my background. And the, it's it's just stupid ornate, right? It's gold <laughs> and bright colors and marble and statues. And, you know, you find symbols everywhere. And yeah. you see a symbol of animals, the the lion or the ox that represent the gospel writers, you right, know, right. which you don't totally know if you grew up in a, a modern evangelical church sometimes, you don't, but a lot of these symbols have been around for a lot of years, thousands of years in the church. Or you just see a simple, everyone knows this one, I see a simple dove, mm-hmm. which represents the Holy Spirit, which right. we get from scripture, you know, the dove descending on Jesus when he's baptized. Right. And I look at that picture of a dove in that image just like in a, maybe an emoji, somehow <laughs> represents the presence of God in a special way. Haven't Christians always done that? Yeah, churches are rich with meaning and icons. And when I was finishing my master's, I was reading this theologian. Her name's Daniela Jupan Jerome. Wow. And she talked about icons a lot, but she also talked about idols. And she contrasted the two. And she said, mm-hmm. idols are this kind of closed system where what we see is what we get. Hmm. But the icon is a thing that opens onto a larger universe behind it. Hmm. And I think about that when I think about an emoji and the way that it opens onto the emotional life of the other person. It opens onto the mind and the heart of the other person. Hmm. 
And we can look at emojis and we can see them as idols, as sort of these closed systems that don't represent anything more than the text message that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. But we can also see them as icons pointing beyond themselves to another person. And I think the same thing is true when we think about who God is and what he's doing and the creation around us. You know, Jesus loved to use stories about creation. He talked about the sparrows in the field and Mm -hmm. the lilies of the field. And they were icons for him, reminding us that God calls us not to worry about Mm -hmm. today or Mm -hmm. tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but that God takes care of the sparrows and he makes beautiful the lilies. And that if we can look around us at creation and see it as the emoji of God, (laughs) that we can then begin to look at what's behind this. Who is the mind and the heart behind creation? And we can begin to understand who God is because of the text messages he's sending us through creation. But not only that, it's then informed even more by special revelation, by scripture, right? And he's not only given us images, he's also given us words. And it's those things together that actually inspire us and bring us hope and joy. And it shows us who God is. Wow, you've just made the case for the revealing of God, the revelation of God, and why also I will continue to reveal myself to you with the upside down smiley emoji. (laughs) Uh, All right, Chris, it's that time. What? (laughs) It's time for vice or virtue. Are you ready? Sure. Drive in movies. (laughs) the technology of a bad buttered popcorn where you have to visit an outdoor restroom (laughs) next to the concession stand and walk through like dirt and cars to get to it you can't hear the thing uh, I mean, I don't care how many uh, tune into 87 point. What the heck is going on? That's technology from a or different an, era. Or an AM station. <laughs> right, right. That's what I'd say. It's uh, really, I've always liked the idea of driving movies. And now with coronavirus, I don't know. Maybe this is a thing. However, I've always found the experience of driving movies to never meet the picture of driving movies. I don't even, I don't even want to watch a movie that I want to see that driving movie. So I'm going to say that's a vice. Oh, Wow. Wow. I have to say, man, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. This maybe is no surprise, but <laughs> I agree. The idea of the drive-in movie, the idea of the 1950s and post-war America where we're believing in all the things that America could be and we go in our cars and watch a movie and put our arm around someone or we back it up and open the hatch and we sit on the back and just watch the movie that just gets me, man. And in my I, I, pickup truck yeah. with my American girl. <laughs> but I agree, it doesn't live up to the hype. But I have eternal optimism for what the drive-in movie theater could be. So I will say, virtue, may it live forever. <laughs> Oh, and see, I thought you were going to say, because of socially distancing, that that's why they're going to come back and new ones are going to pop up across America, which might be true. I've heard of demand. I know. We've heard in Chicago there might be some that are opening just for that. So, well, thanks for the conversation. I will be sending all my scripture verses to you just in emoji from now on. Oh, please do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Uh, I will do the interpretation (laughs) and it will mean whatever I think it might mean. Make sure to check out our favorite emoji on our Facebook page as you become one of our friends. Do you like how I'm just telling you to do that? (laughs) And follow us on Twitter at Device Virtue. 
And always feel free to leave a rating. We like that. Five stars only, please. Five stars is the emotion we want to see from you. That's representational of awesome. Yes. So until next time. See you, man. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.